since we last were on the Wallexis podcast, lots of teams have qualified to the round of 16. A couple of teams have been eliminated and we have had at least three mouth-watering big guns encounter in the African Cup of Nations 2019 going on in Egypt. Just in case you missed it, Egypt, Nigeria, Algeria, Morocco and Madagascar qualified to the round of 16. Teams like Tanzania, Burundi and Guinea looked eliminated from the tournament. Looked because things of course are shaping out after the final games have taken place in Group B especially. Yes, that's exactly when we are recording this podcast because Nigeria just lost 2-0 to Madagascar. We literally just finished watching the game. Well, we're not going to go into that just yet. I have Ini here. Walexis is also here. And I'm tempted to just ask you how two Nigerians feel about their defeat. <laughs> but like I said, <laughs> let's talk about the teams that have been eliminated from the tournament. Tanzania, Emmanuel Amunike's side. In a way, we are starting from home, guys. Emmanuel Amunike has been the coach of Tanzania. How exactly, Ine, would you rate their outing? I don't think it was embarrassing, quite honestly. Um, I don't think if they were perfectly honest with themselves, they would go into this tournament thinking that um, they were going to get to the quarterfinals or semifinals. So it's not an embarrassment by any stretch that they got knocked out in the first round. They got beat by Senegal 2-0, and then they threw away that 2-1 lead against Kenya, who... Hmm. Naivety in, in this side. Inexperience. Inexperience. As well. um, a few individual errors. And it's something that we'll learn. And for the debutants, the teams who have come into the tournament for the first time, it was about enjoying the occasion. It was and they scored two goals, like you said. I mean, it's, it's fun fabulous. fact Nigeria also scored two goals in all of their group <laughs> games. So I really. And they still have a game to play. Yes. I you know, really so don't it's, think it's just enjoying. Enjoy the occasion, see Egypt and have a good time. Just be around some of the very best players on the African continent. And it was about just enjoying the occasion. And if anything else happens, it would be a bonus. It would be something extra. Yeah, and I totally agree with you, Amy. Is there any chance that we can actually speak about his ability as a coach? Did you see anything that suggests that he could be Nigeria's future manager? As someone on my Twitter timeline Koye Shoemimo is arguing with me. He thinks that Emmanuel Amunike should have been appointed right after, you know, he finished his exploit to the under-17 team, especially. That's something we've been guilty of in the past. Um, we're always getting overexcited and, and making appointments or, or hoping that we can get people to take over certain responsibilities. Coaching Tanzania and coaching the Super Eagles are two different ball games, different kettle of fish, as, as I like to say, because... We're talking egos in the dressing room. We're talking massive players who are playing in top clubs in Europe, doing very well, who see themselves. Some of them have, I'm sorry to say, but over-bloated opinions of themselves. You know, So it's hard to be able to walk into the Super Eagles dressing room and just think that you can just walk in there and do a good job. For, for exactly. Imad Munike, I think... You know, stay with Tanzania a couple of years more. Let's see where you can go from there because qualifying for the Africa Cup of Nations was great. But what more can you bring to the team in terms of development, in terms of ensuring that Tanzania are a big gun on the African continent? Yes, I totally agree with that. I think that he's, he's a good manager, no doubt. He probably understands Nigerian way of playing football. That's what I was told. I'm not even sure what really is a Nigerian way of playing <laughs> football. Well, sure if you by any chance know what the Nigerian know. style I'm totally of. lost. <laughs> I, I think I should just retweet this person now and ask, what is the Nigerian way of playing football, by the way? But Wale, you're going to tell me. While I look for this tweet. I, I don't exactly know what it is, but 
I just know that we just go out there and then we just try to create something for ourselves. Mm. But it's always not working out. In, the, <laughs> in recent times, we've, we've struggled with creativity in our team. We've always had PC wingers, you know, that always run and bump down the flanks. And then we, we've had... And get to the byline and then send the ball out of the stadium. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we had Victor Moses at the last tournament who was good. Someone they said couldn't cross the ball. <laughs> you know, and then we've always had good strikers, you know, from the time of Ikechuku Uche, mm, yeah. you know, down to Odion Igalo, Emanuel Emenike as well. We've, we've had good strikers, but we've really lacked that creativity in midfield. And I mean, it's showing in this tournament vividly for everybody to see. Yeah, I think I'm going to make an attempt to answer that question. I know when in the 90s, I don't know how old I was there, but in the 80s and the early 90s, we used to have a particular style of playing football. We used to play a lot on the wings. We, we, we had PC wingers, like he said, and we had a style, and that style was energy on the flanks, get balls into the area, and there are people making late runs into the area. It so has it, has it really changed? I was talking about crosses because I've been so disappointed by the delivery of people on the flank. I know football has evolved and now it's not more crosses into the area. You don't have um, stereotyped left-footers playing on the left wing or stereotyped right-wingers on the right wing. You now have left-footers playing on the right and right-footers playing on the wing, cutting in and having a shot on goal. Productivity level has been so poor. Yeah. It, it has been really, really poor because... We just went into Nigeria, like I said, we <laughs> wouldn't. So... Let's take a detour back right now. Um, <laughs> Burundi in Group B, it's good we are going to speak about them um, right now because Group B matches just ended. All of Group B matches just ended at the time we are recording this podcast. Burundi finished bottom of Group B with no points at all, zero points. You know, it's quite interesting because as at the second game when Nigeria led Guinea 1-0, and Burundi and Madagascar were in the 80-something minute playing a 0-0 draw. I thought that Burundi could be the team that follows Nigeria out of this group, finishing a second with Nigeria first. But that, of course, has ended right now. Madagascar finished top of Group B. Nigeria finished second. Guinea are in third with four points and Burundi grabbed no points, all because they lost 1-0 to Madagascar. I don't know who their manager is, pardon <laughs> me. They are, they are newbies, obviously, with key players like Bigirimana, and um, what's the name of Berainio as well. So, I mean, we're not really going to criticize them, but we could say it's that inexperience as well, getting them, you know, in this position where they can't even pick up a point because they lost 2-0 um, to Guinea as well on but the I mean, final um, match day. Does Madagascar have any of that experience? That's no. the thing. But we know that there are always one team who just come in and do the Leicester City or who come in and play above what you want. And I think it's Madagascar amongst mm. all of the teams that have come in. Um, we're not going to dwell on Madagascar as well, but we should give them credit. This has been certainly a very um, good, a run, very so good run. I mean, it's like they've won the trophy. I have a feeling that when um, their country, you know, the government obviously funds the team. Uh, I'm sure that when they were budgeting for the tournament, they were budgeting that they were going to be there for one week, maybe one week and a few days. Yeah. Now they are going to stay a little more, so the government will need to release a few more thousands of dollars yeah. or, or something. I think, they, I think they'll provide the money. It, Honestly, this is literally probably the biggest thing that has happened to them. We need to check, but it's probably the biggest thing that has happened to them in, <laughs> in Public in holiday that will be declared. It totally. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just Definitely. fair. If Egypt can contemplate hosting public holidays for Salah winning the Champions League. Trust me, I think Madagascar <laughs> can do this as well. So, at the moment, we know Tanzania, Burundi, and Guinea. G Guinea could be one of the um, 
third best placed teams yeah. in the group yeah. as it stands because yeah. their standing actually looks it looks like looks really good four mm. point like i've mentioned so we can't exactly um roll out um guinea as well so how about we just talk about the three games that lit up okay one field to light up um the group stages the second games in group stages but at least we know that ivory coast and morocco um was a very good game um with morocco narrowly scaling that one out cameroon versus ghana i didn't see the game but a lot of people said it was a bore fest and on that day they played particularly there were no goals recorded in afghan which is Something about the quality of the competition, yes, don't you definitely think? Definitely, it was. It was. Is it though? Well, the game. The game was actually very interesting. It was end-to-end stuff, you know. But I mean, the the other two games you had, you had um, Bennett playing Guinea-Bissau, mm-hmm. and um, one other game that was played yesterday was very, very. Dry. Angola Mauritania. Yeah, it was very, very boring. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, Ghana versus Cameroon was end-to-end stuff. Basogog should have scored a couple of goals in that game. But Basogog should actually be arrested. I mean, when you stand in front of the goal and you've got the entire goal to aim at, yeah, he missed, he, and then he you've just hit it like I mean, hit and hold. She should have scored a couple of goals. When he should be picking an angle. Yeah. And uh, for me, Ghana don't look like a team that would go far in this tournament. Yeah. It's, it's likely like they face Nigeria. What, what if, would you say there? What, what would you say their problem is? Is it the fact that they have too many old legs in the team? Or they have new players on the other hand. Because you look at their squad as well. I think they have lots of newbies or Afghan debutants as well, if you check that out. Yeah, but they have a couple of players too that have been with the squad for a while. You know, they have Wakasu, mm-hmm. the IU brothers. Yes, Christian Atsu as well. Yes, yeah. and then you have Babaraman at the back as well. You have um, the centre-back, Jonathan Mensa. Yeah, John Mensa yes. and John Boye. Yeah. Both so, of them. So they John have Boye they have a couple was, of didn't John Boye get a red card in your game against John Boye was silly. Yeah. If I was the manager, I I, I don't know, but, but but it looks like that is the kind of he is running on a lot of emotions today. No, no, no. I'm sorry, but I'm <laughs> when you go into a football match, you go with the mind that you want to win a football match. Everyone has got to apply themselves well. Yeah. That first game could be responsible if Ghana do not qualify into the next stage. I expect them to. But yeah. if they do not, they would go back to that first game and view what John Boyer did in the first game. Because mm-hmm. when you go into the, a football match, you want to win a football match with, with everything, your desire, your determination to win a football match. You do not want to be hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. Delaying in the 54th minute. 54th minute, not 93rd minute. You're not leading 5-0. Mm. Yeah, that's why I was I, I suggested that that John Boye attitude is this something you generally I think feel like just, is in the team for, as a start. They just like the bite. I mean, Ad- Andre Ayu hasn't really lit up the tournament as expected. Jordan Ayu He's has got played, a good goal. Yeah, but Jordan Ayu has actually played better. He had had better movement, you know. I just think they don't really have much in the team and having to rely on Azamawajian to come on and try to change stuff for them is is really not working. Yeah, at the moment, Ghana, by the way, still have to play Guinea-Bissau on yeah. the final day. Let's assume they win that game. It means that they will have five points. We expect Cameroon to beat... We expect Cameroon Bene. to beat Bene. Republic, yeah. What if Bene do a madness and get a draw <laughs> against Cameroon? Which is really possible. They have nothing to lose here. They so, know that they're just one point away from Guinea-Bissau, who are bottom of the group. They know if they have three points, it at least puts them in contention for um, one of the third best placed teams. That's a lot to actually say. Like, why can't we find a shorter thing? Third best played... Just say, third, <laughs> just say best loser. I think best, best loser yeah, is better. Yeah, best, best loser. is that, that better. That is if, just if, crazy. If Benin Republic should hold Cameroon, that would be five points for Ghana if they win mm-hmm. and Cameroon as well. So that's still... 
That's still fair enough for Cameroon. But, Which but means Ghana, Ghana can finish second, yes. like everybody, yeah. um, like everybody expects. To so other interesting games now that lit up the the competition, match day two of the competition, Ivory Coast versus Morocco. It was a game where Morocco played better than they did in their first match, I think. I mean, they looked like a team that can actually go on to win it, like the team everybody tips to win it. For Morocco, I was very impressed with them. Um, it looked like physically they were ready for the Ivorians because when you go into a game with Ivory Coast, you're, you're going into a game knowing that you're playing a side who can play football and a side who can mix and match. You know, when you need them to turn on that physicality, they, they can bring it on. And Morocco matched them stride for stride, energy for energy. And Akim Ziyech, the rest of the guys, um, um, Nabil Dira, Sofian Bufal came on. And it was quite an explosive football match. It, it, it could have gone either way, but the quality on the Moroccan side on the day was absolutely top class. And they're looking like early favorites, early favorites to win the Africa Cup of Nations. I know they would go far. I really do. I yeah, think every, everybody expects. I think to go they would far. go I, far. I think. I think if they don't, they, they, it wouldn't even be like Nigeria. It, they're like on a separate, um, separate lane over there. But speaking of another team that suddenly looked like they would go far, we are talking about Algeria right now. They played against Senegal, another team people thought mm. would go far as well. Expect yeah. rather, um, to go far. And that game really could not have come early for anyone who is hoping to, or any manager who is hoping to do some scouting reports. I felt it disappointed in a way because yeah. for a lot, you wouldn't exactly tell what the strengths and weaknesses of both sides are. But it turned out to be an interesting game. It was a balanced game in the first half. Yeah. I think both, both teams did well to cancel themselves out. But then going into the second half, Senegal probably lost their head for like 15 minutes and... Would you say they lost their heads or they weren't playing? Did you see that game? Would you say they lost their heads or they just were playing a little bit intimidatedly? Because all Algeria did was they had to fight, literally. And and it looked like Cameroon stereotypically, sorry, Senegal rather, stereotypically should have been the stronger side, if you know what I mean. But it turned out just being second to every battle, every duel. And that has happened to a lot of big teams in this tournament. They just feel, I need to show up and I'll win. Mm -hmm. When... You go up against Algeria, who are who are thinking to themselves, you know, you look at Senegal with Mane, a few other players, Bayernia, Idris Gay, you mm-hmm. know, big players. But we're going to fight. We're going to go out there and grind this game out. We're going to go with you toe to toe, mm-hmm. energy for energy. We're going to go with everything. And in the second half, like you said, in the first half, it was it was pretty okay. Yeah, it, was, it was even. In in the first half, it looked like a game that had a nil nil draw written Which all over it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but in the second half, the Algerians decided to take the game to the Senegalese and, and they got that goal, brilliant goal, could have got a second, Riyad Mahrez, marvellous run and then went past his mark and then could have been 2-0. Yeah. But I do not know if the referee that officiated in that game slept well that night. Uh, there was a penalty case on Mane. Yeah, that, I, I think mean, that is the clear call. That if the, that was the not a penalty, was... then the penalty rule should be scrapped off football. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a penalty. I, a lot of people thought the referee generally had a bad game. I thought that the fact that he had problem with his consistency once yeah. Senegal started matching, it's, it's just a very unpopular opinion. But this is how I saw it. I felt like the game started, um, one team drew blood, the other team started drawing blood, mm. and the referee thought to let me just let the game. Yeah. And he was let pausing the game, the game at a point, then he decided to let the game flow. Then it looked like Senegal didn't pick up on that memo and wanted a case <laughs> where they were stopping the game, and the referee just couldn't handle it at that point. I'm not. I'm making excuses for the penalty and you know call or any other 
um, challenges that the referees should have called and didn't. But I'm just saying, Senegal, I think, shot themselves in the foot yeah, with the did. complexion of that game. And definitely could have been better. I still but don't also understand why the coach made a couple of changes to that lineup. I felt, okay, Mane was fit or mm -hmm. he, he was clear after the suspension and he was going to go into the team. But I don't know why he dropped Dushagee. And um, I think you mentioned of it's true. Idrisagay would have brought Ibrahim some, some, was, was, some. Wasn't fit. Yeah, Idrisagay would have brought some steals to Senegal's yeah. midfield yeah. because um, what's the name of this player? He played in midfield and he was a total beast um, for them. Give me one second. I'm going to get his name. Amit Gedora. Amit Gedora. Yes, Gedora was a total beast. No, he was a beast. He, he, yes. he controlled and the, the one guy, and the one guy who would have enjoyed that battle is Idrisagay. Yes, exactly. Yes. He's a guy who can, so who I, can I, take I, to I, war. I thought, okay, Fine. If you want to drop gay, you drop him for the last game when you suit the qualification. Yeah. But now they have to go into the last game now and then try to put in their all, which I think they should have avoided. And, the and but but if, if there is anything... I could be a, a potential banana skin. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But let's say Kenya are a potential banana skin like you say they are. Kenya have three points. Oh, that's actually not good. Kenya have three points and Senegal also have three points. But we expect that Senegal, you know, with the better side, are supposed to get you know, all three points here, at least one. What if they get one point? It becomes tricky because then, okay, Senegal have a goal difference of plus one and Kenya have a minus one goal difference. That's, of course, if they share the spoils there. Another group I want us to go quickly to is, we've spoken about Morocco, but we missed out South Africa's um, run as well in that group. Everybody expects that they might be the team who will finish as one of the best losers simply because Ivory Coast have to play Namibia on the final match day. I think South Africa, without win, they got against Namibia. It was it was a continental derby, if I can put yeah. it that way. They have actually impressed, to be honest. Yeah, they expressed. I guess Ivory Coast, I thought they were unfortunate, even though yeah. they, they didn't offer so much going forward. They kept their shape. They played so well. They defended in numbers. And the one time that they broke that line, they broke their shape, is when the Ivorians took advantage and scored. And... In the second game against Namibia, it wasn't quite a seesaw game that I thought it would be mm -hmm. because of, you know, a lot of the Namibian players playing the South African PSL and, and all of that. The derby is quite huge and all of that. I thought the South Africans would really find it difficult, but they played really well, got the points that they needed against um, Namibia. The question now is, what does Morocco do in the last game? Yeah. Will they chop and change? Will they bring in a few players and all of that? Would that give the South Africans uh, that kick on the backside they need? I'm just wondering if three points will be enough for, exactly. for the South Africans. I was about to say that because you know you have um, you have Guinea With four on four points. points. You potentially have Kenya if they can get um, a result against Senegal with four points. You have. Ghana as you well. Have a Zimbabwe you have Ghana. Zimbabwe. Who could uh, also yeah, we were, we were just getting you know, so to You to have a Egypt couple of group. teams that could end up with four points. Zimbabwe so actually have. Zimbabwe. Have who, who does Zimbabwe play DR Congo yeah. in the final Congo. day? Don't I don't have think lost two games. Uh, have lost yeah, two games that, that's already. a very good point. So three points might not be enough for, for South Africa in the end. They need to get a result. You know, in the game against them, um, which Morocco. is actually going on now, yeah. Yeah, South Africa against Morocco. That is very interesting. Um, it's good we have mentioned um Egypt. We've given we've spared a thought to DR Congo and Zimbabwe. The Egypt, of course, have advanced to the knockout stage. They play um Uganda on the final match there. I don't think it's going to make any difference, um, except Uganda gets a win, of course. But we should speak about Mali and Tunisia because mm. Mali is a team looking like are they really, are they really, really good? <sighs> 
I don't think they are spectacular, but I think they are just effective. They you know, just getting the job done. Um, they, they were happy to to score four against Mauritania, who who were hapless on the day, to be honest. And against Tunisia, they eked out a, a very important draw, um, very important point. And going into the last game, I, I saw some flashes of brilliance in, in that Mali side. Um, They've got a couple of triaries who, who are left-footed, who can smash the ball from range. have two triaries scoring. Two triaries. And I've got to say that that name is the most used name on the African continent. Yeah. I mean, there's you go to a tournament and there's like five, six triaries everywhere. But yeah. but for, for the Malians, um, I don't think they're exciting. I, I think they had a good game in the first game. Yeah, against Montana. Yes, it and, has to and, be said. And that helped their momentum going into the second game. So you, you know that that's Tunisia, Tunisia were disappointing. Yeah. Tunisia have been disappointing all through because But if we speak about teams that are actually impressing, I think are we suddenly just going to throw Mali as well into the mix? Yeah. Because mm. I mean we had our favorites. We had Morocco, we tipped a team like Ivory Coast as well. Lots of people mentioned Senegal as well into the mix. Nigeria came fourth in all of that ranking. Mali were nowhere to be found. Are we suddenly throwing them into the mix now? Yeah. I def- mean, let's go back to the four semifinalists. Are we who are the who are your semifinalists owing to all of the you know games that have been played so far? The two North African sides definitely uh, Morocco and Algeria. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also throw Nigeria in the mix, of course. And um, Egypt. He said, of course, that's patriotism working there. Uh, I think Egypt will be in the semi-final. Um, so home advantage. They just teams. know how to turn yes. up. They just yes. know how to turn up for tournaments like yes. this. And, and Mo Salah is, he's scoring now. Yeah. He's scoring. He also looks like, I mean, the first game, you could say they were trying to understand their fluency and how they played. The mm. second game, it looks like everybody understood each other. So Egypt are looking yeah, like no, a team uh, to some, be some, Someone told me um, Egypt, um, apart from Mo Salah and Trezeguet, who scored the first they has not seen any any excitement from the Egyptian side or any player who's been spectacular. I said, look no further. Look at their defense. Yeah, they've got a Hamed Hegasi in that back line mm. who looks like he wants to eat every player raw. He looks like he wants to really, really take everyone on. And f- so for me, Egypt will be in the semi-final. I think Algeria will be in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. I, I yeah. think I think they they well, look a we, solid we, side who can do both sides of the game. If you want the you know the champagne football, they can give you. If you want to fight, they're yeah. re- ready to give you they as well. Absolutely, they absolutely can. I think I mentioned Nigeria not because of the sentiments, but I think we'll get our mojo back Bros, in the next Nigeria game. Nigeria will make the semi because well, I'm if, sorry. If, speaking if about mojo, yeah, I think we can do a little bit of permutation on mm. whom we are probably going to meet and okay. how. We know for the round of sixteen, the fact that they are best losers. I mean, the expanded team format means that the runner-up of Group A will face the runner-up of Group C, which looks like... Runners-up of Group C, which is most likely going to be Senegal so or are, are, Kenya. So are we throwing away the possibility of Uganda silencing the Cairo International Stadium? Um, are we? I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So runners-up Group A and runners-up Group C. Runners-up Group C as it starts... Senegal or Kenya. Kenya. Do you really think Senegal would be the runners up of Group C? I'm I'm just saying they're both on they're both tied on three Senegal points. Senegal so. play Kenya. So it's a game where um both literally know that they need to win to not finish as runners up. Okay. Who will be the runners up of group A then? We are looking at Zimbabwe, obviously. Mm. No, we no no, we're looking no, at Uganda. 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 Okay, fair enough. Another fixture in the round of 16 will give us the winner of Group D 
yeah, versus the third in group B, E, or F. Now, the winner of group D, as it stands, Morocco, Morocco. look like they're going to win that yeah. because they've, their final match game is against South Africa, except something happens. Mm-hmm. And Which then, we don't expect. And then um, they will have to play the third best team in B, E, or F. Third That's best team in B, E, or F. That's yes. Guinea. Yep. Um, possibly Angola. Possibly, yeah. I don't think we'll have a third best team in Group E. Why is that? Um, because... I mean, we certainly will. Angola will play Mali, which I expect them to lose. And I yeah. expect Tunisia to beat Mauritania. So okay. you have um, Mali on seven points, Tunisia on five points. You have Angola and Mauritania on two and one point, respectively. So um, I expect the best loser in Group F. Okay. Um, yeah, because you have... Um, we have Cameroon ben- playing Ca- Benin Republic and yes. Ghana playing Guinea-Bissau. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, if there's any pairing we know at the moment, it looks like a lot can still change, to be honest, yes. between now and then. How about we just go for um, a pairing that looks almost certain, which is the runners-up in Group B, who will face the runners-up of Group F. Now, Group B runners-up are the Super Eagles, surprisingly. And they will face the runners-up of Group F, which looks most likely to be Ghana. Ghana, yeah. Now, Ghana play Guinea-Bissau on the final match day. Okay. Yeah. Bene play Cameroon. Let's say Cameroon beats Bene, expectedly. They yeah. remain on two points. Except Ghana loses to Guinea-Bissau. Is there a chance Ghana can lose to Guinea-Bissau? No, That's the only way we can play Bene Republic. I think at best they'll get a draw. No. which still leaves them yes. in second. So we know that Nigeria will face Ghana, Ghana most yeah. likely. will face Ghana yeah. in the round of 16. I think it's just about time we speak about... I mean, luckily, we've spoken extensively about Ghana. We haven't spoken about Nigeria, and that is what we are going to get into right now, except we have to call it a wrap on this podcast. There will certainly be... The next episode, the best thing we're going to do right now is release another episode back to back. Yes, I know we only do one episode per week, but because there is a Nigeria special coming up, being 100% biased, we're going to have another episode dedicated just to the Nigeria Super Eagles who will have to face Ghana in the round of 16. But guys, before we wrap it up, Nigeria also could, could have played South Africa. It's like the lesser of two evils. I think this is actually very planned i'm just kidding i don't think it's planned but let's look at it this way had nigeria finished top of group b yes winner group b they would have played third in group a c or d group a third in group a c or d so that's um they could have played zim no they could have played zimbabwe zimbabwe Zimbabwe, yeah yes zimbabwe would okay kenya c kenya or d south africa who says it can't be south africa Mm? You, said if, you said if we won we the group, played, right? Yes, we could have played Zimbabwe, Kenya, or South Africa. Mm. I mean, what if it was South Africa? I think South Africa are a much tougher opponent than, than Ghana. Ghana right so now. you're saying we avoided... I think we avoided a, a good p- one here. Potential banana skin. Yes. They, they reached their game when, when they play against the Super Eagles. And it's almost like a personal I, I don't fight. think we should try to justify a or personal. try to make Nigeria finish hey, second Hey, don't even group, go there group. yet. But but it's it's something worth considering. It's okay, something worth fine. thinking about. But we shouldn't make it look. It was it was it was bad. We no, no, it was it, 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 it was not bad. It was it, if if we had finished below, if we finished below Guinea, it wouldn't be that bad. 
We're finishing below oh Madagascar. Madagascar. That's the embarrassment. Okay. Um, I don't think I can have a say in that one. <laughs> I mean, one. if you want to win the tournament, I, you, I, you I have to face I, the strongest sides. I, I don't have a say yeah. in that one. But before Absolutely. we wrap this up real quick, um, guys, who has been the most exciting team so far in the tournament for you? I mean, we know that the last, the final round of group games will be um, wrapping up in a day or two. But what team has stood out so far? I've enjoyed watching Madagascar um, quite strangely. Um, <laughs> I've actually enjoyed watching them. I didn't them. see that coming. Um, I saw them against, uh, for the fact that you go up against Guinea and then you're playing your first AFCON and you had the impetus to go forward and attack them. It was quite good to see. And against Nigeria, I thought they were very composed. They kept the ball on the ground, moved it around. You know, they were making us chase shadows at times in that game. And I've been really impressed by them, and I think I've liked Morocco as well. Yeah, I think I, I, I'll pick Morocco because, I mean, they have some very interesting players. They have size at the back alongside Hakimi. Then you have the trio midfield of Belhanda. Hakimi is doing the wrong job. He should be running. <laughs> you have Boy's the three. got loads of pace. Maybe that's the instruction from the coach. <laughs> you have yeah. trio of Ziyech, you know, Belhanda and Amrabat in, in midfield. And, I mean, they've been solid. They've not been really, really ex exciting. But I fancy them to go all the way. Okay. Um, that's where we call it a wrap. Remember, you could catch Wolexa's podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, Anchor as well, and Google Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next one, 